Hey there. Welcome to 7th Heaven, a lesbian recap. I'm Lindsay, and I'm joined by my co-host and real-life partner, Carling. We're diving into the 90s hit drama through today's lens. Get ready for our off-the-cuff commentary and peeling back the layers of the Camden family. We'll tackle everything from family rules, life lessons, and 90s fashion. Join us every week for a light-hearted queer perspective and a trip down memory lane. Whether you're a die-hard fan or new to the show, this recap is for you. So find us anywhere you get your podcasts at 7th Heaven, a lesbian recap. Oh, like, oh, do you see that? There's two. I'm like, oh my God. Michelle. Hello. Hey, girl. Hey, girl. Hey. Happy day. (laughs) (laughs) Happy Sunday. Yay. Um, Except it's freezing out. Yeah, I haven't been outside yet, but there's lots of snow. I basically slept outside because my furnace broke or stopped working or something. I, it's not, the pilot light was out. Not good. And freaky is that a year ago today, my furnace stopped working. My God. So weird. I know. That's so weird. It's bizarre. Um, yeah. All of a sudden I realized our house was down to like 16 degrees mm. Celsius. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh. And then I walked over to the vent and there was cold air blowing out of it. Yikes. And I was like, well, this isn't great. How did your peppers do? I mean, they've got fur, but were they cold? Yeah, they were okay. We just like made little nests for them. And <laughs> Lola slept under the blankets with me. Aww. Yeah, and everybody else was all bundled up. I know, it's like just pile all the animals on top of yourself. But I guess a furnace guy is at our house today. Yeah, that's good. So get it done. Fix get it. it but do you remember last year <laughs> when your furnace was broken <laughs> and your landlord at the time was like sketchy as all get up the worst and he wouldn't get it fixed Mm -hmm. and so i was like you know what f i'm just gonna go look at it Mm -hmm. like maybe i'll be able to see something i mean you are a furnace expert i'm basically just here to save the day absolutely and so you showed me your furnace room and i walked (laughs) up to what i thought the furnace was and you were like carling that's my hot water tank And it was at that moment I realized, okay, I have limits of you how I can many save you. Skills, but that is not one of them. Fixing a furnace is not one of no. them. No, and he, it took about three or four days and then we had, um, did you phone? Like, yeah, the I phoned like the board or health, something. Yeah. And, and I they complained. called him and said, like, you better get this fixed. And because it was colder than it is now. Oh, it yeah. was like minus 20. Yeah. It was little freezing. babies at home. Yeah. He phoned the furnace company. So I tried to phone the furnace company to get them to fix it. They said, because I'm not the landlord, I can't. He phoned them and then wanted me to pay him to get it fixed. Yeah. He's like, can you pay rent early so I can afford to fix it? And you were like, no, ma'am. No, this is your job. Yeah. He was the worst. Yeah. And then. Well, and that's sort of how you found out the house was going into foreclosure. Exactly. And you were like, okay, well, what do I do here? Yeah, so we moved. <laughs> but now, what a contrast, because your landlord oh, now, like, amazing. last week you talked about your toilet debacle. Yep. And they came over literally within minutes. Yeah. And, and had it fixed. Same, like, a few weeks before that, our garage door broke, and yeah. they came over and fixed it, like, right away. Yeah. It's amazing. It's amazing to have, like, an actual good landlord. Anyways. Yeah. Anyway, I'm warm now in your house. I'm glad. Thanks. I mean, I did spoon you for, like, a good time. <laughs> <laughs> Naked for body heat. <laughs> totally. I mean, how else would you do it? Um, how else was your week? Um, it was okay, I think. I got a new phone. Yeah. That was fun. Went and got a new phone and uh, got a bit of a deal because I, because of where I work, we got a deal with yeah. TELUS, so that was nice. Lowered I'm so jealous. Bill. Jealous? I tried to get a new phone. I know, and the guy wouldn't let you. He, he wouldn't like, let me. He was like, this makes no sense. Your contract's up in eight months. I know. You'll get a free phone then. And yeah. I'm like, okay, but what if I wanted one today? You're like, what if I want to be responsible? Uh, irresponsible. Yeah, and he was like, it's going to cost you over $700. <laughs> he let you. He's like, I'm a terrible salesperson. Yeah. I mean, good for him for yeah. not, like, I mean, thanks, taking Telus advantage, guy. right? But yeah. you were, like, begging him to let you get it. I know. I just want a new one. I got to wait till July. Oh. <sighs> sad i mean my phone's fine there's nothing wrong yeah, with there's it nothing wrong it's with it. it's top of the line for last year yeah here we are yeah oh well i did have a really funny thing um that i wanted to talk about was that i was listening to uh, a podcast that i listened to called let's go to court and um they talk about you know true crime and court cases and things like that and the one that i was listening to they were talking about a case in um china 
And right around that time during this case, SARS had just like started right. in China. This was before coronavirus. So I yeah. think that this episode was like in 2018 or maybe the beginning of 2019. They were talking about SARS and how, you know, how many cases there were and the mortality rate and the fact that there were across, I don't know, across like 30 some countries, there were like 800 cases. Oh my God. And so to think about that now. Yeah. And then they were talking about how she's like, oh, do you remember watching the news and people wearing those like crazy masks on their face and everyone was walking around with masks on like that's so crazy. And they were talking about how scary it was. And I was like, oh, my gosh, that's like amazing to think about that now. And, you know, now that masks are like mandatory our life and the yeah. amount of cases that have, we've had and it just completely blows that out of the water. And, yeah. you know, they were just talking about how crazy it was and how scary it was. And then like cut to a year later. And it's just, I just thought it was so funny because then I'm thinking about like what, you know, 20 years from now or 10 years from now, yeah, is there going to be a podcast or a TV show or whatever talking about how crazy this time was? And... Well, us, like they're yeah. like in 10 years, yeah, people are going to go back and listen to episode ones through mm-hmm. whatever, 10. Yeah. And everything we talked about was how people were affected by the pandemic. Totally. It's going to be so interesting to see like how it is talked about like yeah. in the future. And, you know, my grandkids maybe will learn yeah. about it in school. And like, it's yeah. just crazy. So my work has had to like downsize a bunch of staff because mm-hmm. we're closed and we're a rec center. And so, you know, it just makes sense. But mm-hmm. Everyone sort of has to like pull their weight and step up. And so one or two days a week, I'm going to be working at sort of that front desk to make sure anybody in the building is checked in and all this stuff. Um, So last Monday, I was doing my first shift up there. And this person, this woman came in and she had like a disposable mask, but it was filled with bobby pins or safety pins holding another mask inside it. And... Yeah, I don't know. That's the best like way. Like it was double masked? Yeah, but like use safety pins to put. Okay. And then she had a suitcase with her. And so she was watching this, like our board that had information on it. And then she walked over and I said, hi, are you here for physio? Because we have a physio office upstairs. So okay. I have to make sure I know who's going upstairs. And she just kept mumbling. And so it's kind of a loud, echoey space. Yeah. We've got masks on. There's plexiglass between us. I couldn't quite make out what she was saying. And she said, she, I thought she was talking about health. Okay. And so I was like, okay, maybe she's, we have, we just launched like a health from home thing. So I was like, I am so sorry. Like, I don't normally work up here, but I want to get you the information you need. Could I get your name and phone number and email address? And then I can get some information and get it to yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like at night. Nobody else was working now. Uh-huh. And she she was like, no, I don't have that. Everything I do is highly confidential. Oh. And then red flags started popping up. And I was like, okay. And I said, well, it doesn't have to be work related. Could like, do you have a personal email or cell phone number? And she said, no, they don't let us have that. We're very confidential. And I was like, oh dear. And so I was like, okay, I'm just, I, I can give you a number that you could reach, you know, during office hours that maybe somebody might be able to help you better. Mm Mm-hmm. And she just looked at me and she was like, I just need to know where I go to get my vaccine. And I was like, oh, dear, all the red flags now, ma'am, like we're in phase one. The only people getting vaccines are healthcare workers and, you know, the people that are most vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And she's like, well, how do you know that information? And I was like, well, it's just from what I've heard, like on the news and the website and she was like, I mean, listen, if I, if what, if what gets out what I'm working on, there's going to be another virus released. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, I said like, we at this facility, we're not doing, like, we're not the ones giving the vaccines. So I don't, yeah. I was like, I don't know. I wouldn't have that information for you. Yeah. And she's like, well, you have a computer. It doesn't have internet. I'm like, oh yeah. Okay. Like I can look up like Alberta health services And then she was like, turn that computer around so I can see it. (gasps) And I was like, ma'am, I'm not going to turn my computer around. I said, this is work property and I'm working on work 
and um, working on work, eh? working on work. Sounds sus. Um, and so I looked up Alberta Health Services and I said, like, I can tell you here's who's in phase one. But I think if you're in phase one, they'll have contacted yeah. you to tell you where to go. And you were by yourself. I was completely by myself. Oh my God. I have a radio, but I can't remember what the codes are. Like code white, code, code orange, code. Code wackadoo. <laughs> yeah. Hi. Uh, 101. This is code wackadoo. Um and like nobody was coming in and out, but like to the to the building, so I couldn't oh, even like no. eye contact with somebody. Yeah. And then she was like, "Well, you've got a cell phone there. That's got internet." And I said, "Ma'am, I don't think I'm going to be able to help you. Like, I am so sorry." Yeah. And I said, "There's a fire department across the street and a police station. They'll probably have more information than I would working here at this rec center." Oh my god. And she was like, "Do not start lying to me." <gasps> and she got really serious, and I was like, "Okay." Like, what, how, like, how do I de-escalate this situation? Because I'm not going to have the information for oh, her. Oh, no. And I said, like, everything I do on this computer only has to do with this job and this building. And I said, so unfortunately. Do you want to book a pool time? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and she just looked at me and she just shook her head. And then, um, yeah, it was like, it was so unnerving. And well, was I mean, like I. a briefcase. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think there was some, you know, mental health issues yes, at play. Yes. And so, yeah, I mean, I really wanted to direct her to the police or fire department mm-hmm. because I, you know, like if she's. If she needs help. Or, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then. Oh my gosh. And then she's like, well, I guess I won't know then. And she just kept talking about how confidential she was and like. Well, and I just said, like, I'm so sorry that I can't help you. And then she finally left. But then walking to my car, I was like, yeah. oh, my God. If she's, like, in the parking lot and demands I vaccinate her. Oh, or something. Oh, oh, it's been a long time since I've had to work, like, yes. front desk of a sort of, like, public kind of building where you just. You know, yes. I remember working at Scotiabank and, you know, as a teller and the people that would come in and the things that they would ask and. I remember one lady, a guy came in and he was like, can I, this is my girlfriend's card. I need to take money out. Mm -hmm. And I was like, sir, I absolutely cannot help you with this. Mm -hmm. And I was like, where's your girlfriend? And he's like, she's just getting arrested. (laughs) Sure enough, I looked outside and she was getting arrested. (laughs) And I was like, sir, I absolutely cannot help you with this. Like she needs to get money out. It was so like I miss working at places like that for those stories because so you just I had, a, I had a guy come up like years and years and years ago who um <laughs> he said he wanted a case of Miller Lite and I was like <laughs> uh. <laughs> well this is Sir, awkward this is a bank oh um and he was like oh okay <laughs> so I walked out but I'm like oh sir it was just oh. so funny I was like what do you think well like. I don't understand. Yeah, that's really funny. <laughs> yeah, there's some good stories about some interesting people who come in for sure. We should do a whole Patreon about that. Yeah, we should. Um, today we're going to be recording my part two. Oh yes. Of my Patreon, so um, I just as a little teaser, I guess, oh. um, I married a man. Oh. I mean, shocker number one. But number two is he ended up being a sociopath who was abusive and, you know, some crazy times ensued. Crazy times. And So we recorded your part one. That's going to be out this Friday. This Friday, which is like, is it, oh, the 29th maybe? January, <laughs> something like that. January yeah. 29th it'll be out. Yeah. And then today we're recording part two, which will be out, I don't know, two weeks after that. Yeah. So we're recording with Amanda from Amanda Loves to Hate Team Mom. Yeah. And... Uh, she's, you know, asking questions and I'm asking questions, but mostly you're just kind of telling chronologically kind of what, yeah, what happened, what happened. And there's a lot of parts cause there's a lot of tea. There's a lot of tea for sure. But it felt really good. Yeah. I felt like, yeah, I, I can think talk. you felt really good and I felt really terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I mean, yes, that yeah. you shouldn't. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say you should. No, but you are in fact the reason I met him. Yeah, I'm the reason you've done a lot of things. Yeah. And, you know, you we used to call you the corrupter in high school. It might be the other way it around. It might be the other way around. <laughs> Donna, if you're listening, your daughter is not so innocent. 
I'm the bad influence yeah. <laughs> in all of this. Oh, Lord. Um, but I'm, yeah, I'm excited. I hope people sign up, tune in. Yeah, and if you sign up before February 5th, then you'll be entered into a draw to win uh, a merch item of your choosing. Yeah, so we announced a couple weeks ago that we've got a merch line, mm-hmm. merch store. And so you can check it out at I did not sign up for this.ca under the merch tab. And or you can just sign up for Patreon. And on February 5th, we're going to do a draw and somebody's going to win anything that they want. Mm-hmm. So that's exciting. I hope I win. No. <laughs> I hope you don't. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. I will recuse myself from this contest. I also think it would be just amazing to, like, buy a bunch of stickers and just, like, stick it on things that you didn't sign up for. Like, Ooh, that's true. stick one on, like, my kid's forehead. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or, like, at work, I'll just, like, put one on a customer. <laughs> oh, my God. Amazing. That would be amazing. Uh, uh, but today's episode. Yeah. Who we, who we're we talking to with? Sarah. Sarah. Sarah, who is the creator, CEO boss lady of boss babe. the life lapse app yeah um that i am obsessed with yeah and all about stop motion yeah it's very cool yeah but as an aside that's not actually why we're interviewing right. her but yeah we're interviewing her and her journey through pregnancy loss mm-hmm. and um yeah i don't know it's a good story it is so we'll yeah, give too much like away because you're about to hear it yeah okay fine <laughs> i won't say anything then. don't say anything they're about to hear it all right okay go. bye, bye. Good morning, Sarah. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? Good, thanks. Just enjoying my morning, late morning coffee here. That's mm. nice, because you're in BC, right? Yeah, I'm in Vancouver, just uh, a little west of you guys. You're in Calgary, right? Yeah. yeah. I just actually made a TikTok the other day about my irrational fear of tsunamis. And in it, I say, like, I have a really hard time going to Vancouver, because I'm so scared <laughs> that there's going to be a tsunami. Oh like. There was a scare, like, when I first moved here, when that huge earthquake, I think it was in Japan, and I'm sorry yeah. for not knowing the exact uh, place that it took place, but, uh, yeah, there was concern that there would be a tsunami. It would mostly hit Vancouver Island, though, because Vancouver, the city, is protected from all the islands there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, if that How- makes your fear a little less of coming to the city, then... <laughs> That might help a little. Because it's such a beautiful city. Like, I just, I really do love it. Um, Where did did you move from? I am originally from Whitby, Ontario. So it's about 30 to 45 minutes east of Toronto. There's just so much more nature out here. So it's like, I don't know. You don't get that in Ontario, really, unless you, like, have a cottage or you drive a couple hours to Algonquin. Here it's like, you know, 15-minute drive and I'm at the beach at the ocean. (laughs) Yeah. And when actually when I was not when I lived in Sarnia, we were actually quite close to the water, so I do miss that. Oh, um, nice. But uh, but yeah, we it still is- got the Rocky Mountains. Yes, yeah. it's true. Like an yeah. hour or two drive, right, from Calgary? Not even like, like an hour. So. Yeah, an hour, forty five yeah. minutes, depending on where in the city you you are. Right. Well, we found you on TikTok, where we found a lot of people, <laughs> um, and and then we subsequently followed you on Instagram, and your stories are so incredible and you've made a really empowering post about um your journey through infertility and we thought we would reach out to you about it and you were so kind to say yes yes thank you for having me so why don't we get started and have you sort of introduce yourself who are you where are you from what do you do sure um so hello i'm sarah boland uh, i live in vancouver with my my husband and my dog, we have been together for, I think, six years now. Actually, I don't know the exact time I'm out. But, uh, yeah, we got married a few years ago, and then we started trying for, oh, wait, before I get into the fertility things, I'm also, like, a little plug for my company. I'm the founder of Life Lapse, um, as in Time Lapse for Your Life. Uh, we're a stop-motion video app, so, um, yeah, very passionate about making it super easy for businesses and creators and everything to create stop motion videos from their phone. I am obsessed with it. Like literally oh, I love every- the, the videos you guys have been creating. Yeah. I'm like part of my day. I'm like, how can I turn this into a stop motion? And I was just like, could we uh, stop motion this somehow? And I was like, <laughs> uh, sure. <laughs> stop motion, everything. 
Yeah, it's funny because I showed some people at work. We did a stop motion of the uh, Elf on a Shelf for Christmas. And oh, I showed nice. co-workers. And they're like, what's that app? So I got them to download it too. So, Well, thank you for spreading the word. Did your kids like the video? Oh, yeah, they loved it. They were like, how did they do that? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was good for us in December, actually. Like, it exploded more than we thought. Yes. Um, so that was really cool to see, like, I don't know just the parents talking about how much their kids loved it. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, because uh, parents make the most ridiculous things to make their kids happy, even though they'll get, like, no credit for it, right? Like, <laughs> oh, totally. And they're like, am I, like, cursing parents now? Because they're probably already fed up with just placing Elf somewhere. <laughs> and, like, if they get stuck into this routine of, like, making videos, are their kids going to, like, expect this all the time? Oh, uh, yeah. like a nice treat once in a while as long as like the kids aren't expecting a, a full motion picture every morning <laughs> we've had the elves for over 10 years and i am it's, it's probably one of the worst parenting decisions i've ever made was buying them <laughs> okay noted i'll admit but, that for myself but you know it is it, it's the kids love it you know yeah. they they get excited they to kind of hear them laugh and giggle when they find them every morning it does you know, make it worth it. But there oh. are so many times where I'm laying in bed at night and being like, damn it, I have to meet the friggin' elves. <laughs> I've been focused on growing that company. Um, hence why we didn't like start trying for kids right away. Um, but the company's at a good position now where I'm like, okay, I feel comfortable. I've got a team in place now. They can like sort of run with the company when I need to take time off. Mm -hmm. um because ultimately I created this company so that I could have freedom to do you know everything on my terms so I don't want to conform to somebody else's nine to five schedule I don't want to like commute anywhere I want to be able to work from home I want to be able to uh not work or work as much as I want (laughs) depending on obviously how parenting goes which should be interesting but yeah so we started trying for kids 2020 so summer of 2019 I had my brother's wedding in August to go to in Ontario so like uh should we start trying in like July and I'm just like the most impatient person ever I'm like oh they don't be able to like you know have a few drinks at his wedding and have fun and then I was like you know what it takes so long for so many people let's just try yeah and then of course on our our first time like (laughs) actually tracking my ovulation we got pregnant. That was like shocking. And of course you never think anything's going to happen to you. Like you hear that miscarriage is common and I think it's like one in four women have one, but I just, I never thought it would happen to me. But basically what happened was we went to our ultrasound, the dating ultrasound at eight weeks and the tech. I always know like when they ask this question that it's not good. So I've had a few now. So it's like, oh, you know, how long are your cycles? Are they pretty normal? Oh, like, yeah. uh, and it's like, you know, I track everything and I'm like super type A when it comes to that stuff. So um, the baby tracked, I think it was like measuring at six weeks at that point. And I, I was eight weeks along. Yeah. Yeah. There was no heartbeat. So they're like, you know, it's still early. Maybe your cycle length was just a bit off. So come back in two weeks. Oh, sorry. So the first one, I'm confused because this was so long ago and <laughs> there was two of them. So the first one, it was measuring six six weeks, five days at my eight-week ultrasound dating um, scan. And they couldn't see anything from the outside. So they did the internal ultrasound and she's like, yeah, there's no heartbeat and there should like, you should 100% be able to see a heartbeat through the internal ultrasound scan at this timestamp. And it's just like, then you just go down all these rabbit holes of like, you know, trying to find some success story and all these like pregnancy forums of other yeah, people totally. who like maybe it was they were just wrong. Um, yeah. So yeah, they like, she brought it to the doctor and he's like, yeah, I'm sorry. Like this like isn't like this is a mis- miscarriage. The baby stopped growing. It's, it's not going to carry forward. So like we're referring you to BC Women's Hospital and that's basically where I'll go and like kind of basically have to deal with it because my body wasn't dealing with it naturally yeah but and is that, pardon my ignorance is that where they do a dnc yeah is that what it yeah. is yeah so i actually did a medical miscarriage the first time around 
so yeah they like they're like okay we'll send a referral i had a midwife too so the the midwives got the scan and then they had to do the referral to bc women's and then at bc women's is where they do like a confirmation scan to make sure that it did stop growing but of course they don't call you for like a week so you're just left in the dark being like what's happening that was like the worst part for me yeah all this waiting and not having answers and like nothing was booked so it's just like and then you have this like essentially dead fetus inside you yeah it's like just the most awful feeling ever and had you told your family and friends or anybody oh yeah my like my brother had announced it at the wedding even though I was only like seven weeks along at that point I don't know because everyone was just so excited and I like I said I'm an open book so I I share everything and if things go bad I also share that too and I I share like for the reason in case something does go bad I do want everyone's support maybe like he shouldn't have mentioned it to like the 150 guests at his wedding (laughs) Uh, but it was fine he asked me before if if he could do that and I I said yes but yeah all my friends and family knew and then yeah basically yeah the, the BC women's called and then they um there's like I swear she's an angel on earth she's this like Australian woman she just called and she's like all right lovey like tell me what's going on I just like broke down I was so stressed at this point and like obviously you've never been through this before and like even though I really want kids like I've never really been a huge kid like I didn't grow up around kids so I don't really feel natural around them like I don't know what to say like I'm never that person who like naturally gravitates towards the kids when there's kids around at like events and stuff so like for me it was just it caught me so off guard how how much this impacted me it's like this thing was the size of like I don't know like a pumpkin seed or something yeah I was like oh my god I feel so thrown off here how was your husband with it was he like really affected by it no not at all (laughs) Like, he was more upset to see me upset than being upset over the loss of what this could have been. Like, he was, but not, like, a super emotional person. Because I've had three losses, and um, my first one was at 18 weeks, so it was, like, I... Once you get past that 12 weeks, you think, like, nothing can go wrong, right? Yeah. But when... The second... Generally, the second a woman becomes pregnant, all you think about is the baby and what you're going to name it and like all the things, right? And I think for men, that doesn't really come maybe until the baby's actually born. Mm -hmm. So it is interesting to see the difference in the grieving or the dealing with a loss uh, between, you know, men and women to kind of, yeah, because with, I think with a woman, you're, the, the loss is so big because immediately when you find out you're pregnant yeah as soon as you see that second line like your life has changed Absolutely. yeah yeah but he's always been like that like he gets excited when like the thing like for example when we got our dog like he wasn't really a big dog person but I wanted to get a dog and I got him and like now he just like absolutely loves them and it's just the sweetest thing ever but he's more of like an analytical he's a physicist so he's a I don't know if that has anything to do with emotions, but uh, (laughs) yeah, I'm the spontaneous dive into everything one and he's the more like cautious analytical one and that like, I could see that translate like during these pregnancies as well. Before you had your first loss, did you have anyone around you that had experienced a loss too, like friends or family? I did actually, which was wild. I had my sister-in-law had miscarried at around I think it was seven weeks she miscarried naturally and then two of my girlfriends had also miscarried their first pregnancies wow wow so like it was actually all around me and I'm like okay well if I'm the like if it's one in four then like there's been so many that I it shouldn't be me but yeah that's so interesting I've played that numbers game before too where you're kind of like okay well this should be okay. Or like if everyone else is a healthy pregnancy, you're like, uh Oh, like this isn't going to go well for me. And yeah. it's really interesting how your brain kind of, I don't know, makes up these strange rules to kind of I don't make you totally. feel better or freak you out. Right. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And so I start trying again right away, like when it was safe to do so. Yeah. So I did the, I went to BC women's, they confirmed it was not viable. 
they actually discovered that they were twins. Like the first pregnant, like it looked like they were conjoined twins. <laughs> like there was like two little um, embryos and they're like conjoined at the bottom, which wasn't picked up on the first scan. Anyways, that was just like interesting to find out. And then I did the medical miscarriage, which I would not recommend to anyone. Uh, that was awful. Is that taking the medication or are you doing a DNC? Yeah, so they give you pills and you like go home and you basically like take these pills over two set like two days and you basically yeah your body gets rid of it naturally but like the cramping and like I had to go to the hospital just because there's so much blood yeah Um, I don't know like how detailed you guys how graphic you guys get on this (laughs) podcast but like it was it was just awful and on top of like just grieving like the physical side of it was just something I like I don't know I don't know what I was expecting but it was like a lot worse than what I thought but yeah basically we wanted to start trying again right after as soon as it was good I think I had to wait like one cycle uh it took a few months because just like you bleed for so long after when you miscarry so my cycles were kind of messed up but yeah started trying again tracking everything like crazy going through the journey again and then we found out end of January of 2020 that we were pregnant again I just assumed that that was my one and done the first time yeah yeah it was the same thing we the midwives booked me in for a six-week ultrasound just to like kind of calm my nerves to make sure things were moving around and at that point things were like the baby was measuring like five weeks something and things would look like they were normal and then, of course, when I go back two weeks later, it was, like, the same thing. Like, it just stopped growing. There was no heartbeat. Um, and then that's when I, I did the DNC that time. And that was a much better experience. Yeah. Were you given an option when you're when you're going for a medical miscarriage to do the pills or the DNC? Yeah. So I could have done either. But I don't know why I didn't choose the DNC. I just thought, okay, well, I can do this at home. Yeah. Yeah. Like they give you like T3s or Percocets to like help with the pain. Yeah. yeah. I didn't want to like, I don't know. I think DNC is technically a surgery. I, didn't, I just didn't want to have to do that. But yeah, it feels more invasive, I think. Yeah. 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 Uh, it's interesting though because, uh, well, you can only have a, uh, you can only do the medication up to a certain point, like oh, up to a certain size. Um, so my second loss uh, was at 16 weeks. So I wasn't able to do that. Um, I did have to do the DNC and, or it was an option for me to just let my body do it on its own, but it wasn't happening. And, um, my third loss did do it on its own. And it made me realize how thankful I was that I chose the DNC the second time, Mm. um, because it was incredibly traumatic and, um, I did have to be rushed to the hospital have an emergency DNC. Um, so yeah, it's, it's incredibly traumatic to deal with it on your own at home. And I kind of made it like when I was trying to decide whether I wanted the DNC the second time around, I was like, I feel like I'm a prisoner in my own body because I have, you know, this baby who has passed inside of me. I don't know what my body is going to do for like a week. I was just kind of trapped, you know, and I don't know these decisions that you have to make that you never think you'll have to make right. Where, it's just like, I don't know, both options are terrible. So you kind of choose the the least terrible option. right? And then the trauma around, I mentioned this in my TikTok video, like flushing it down the toilet. It's like, that is, it's just so, I don't wish that on my worst enemy. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and I think to your point about, um, and I think we'll get into this a bit later, but your point about sort of like, how graphic do I get? I think it's like, it's such a taboo topic even today. And I think, I think that's one of the things that we want to change about it. And, you know, like you said in your video, it shouldn't be a big secret that women are forced to go through alone in the privacy of their home because it's still a trauma. Mm -hmm. And just because it makes you uncomfortable as the, you know, the listener, it's a real thing. It still happens. yeah. 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 It's such a lonely thing to go through too. Like, even though you have your friends and family supporting you it's like I've never felt so alone in my life mm-hmm. going through that yeah. it was crazy I got like really I would say probably that was the most depressed I've ever gotten yeah was going yeah. through that at least the first one the second one I was I would say I felt more numb and just kind of frustrated and fed up 
Yeah. Um, but the first one was, I would say, more, yeah, just like shocking and depressing and anxiety. And, you know, you, you're not supposed to be like, what did I do? But, you know, as a mother, I think it's just natural to go there. Yeah, absolutely. You, know, you should not be burdened with that guilt because, you know, unless you're like drinking and smoking yeah. during your pregnancy, like it's it's very hard for like you to physically um, cause that. So. And yeah. then it also gives you, and I'm sure, I'm, I'm sure you've experienced this too, the subsequent pregnancies after that, you're full of anxiety and fear and, and, you know, you don't feel like you, you want to get your hopes up or everything that you feel or do, it, it scares you that it could affect. Oh yeah. Baby, it's right? so, so consuming. Yeah, it is. It is. I'm like when I look for therapy, cause like, uh, yeah yeah it's just crazy when I went for my first ultrasound for my twins I went by myself and it was just a dating ultrasound and I literally had a panic attack in the waiting room um because I was so afraid that they were going to tell me something was wrong and I I kind of was frustrated with myself because I'm thinking like why did why did I go alone like why did I go alone thinking that I would be fine Mm my husband was working and I'm like, Oh, it's just a dating ultrasound. I'm like, I'll be fine. But that trauma stays with you. you oh know? yeah. It, it doesn't go away. It, it rears its ugly head every time you kind of have to do the same thing over again. And your Especially mind. Especially with the, like the missed miscarriages. Cause there's just no yeah. signs of, sorry, there's a siren outside my house. Yeah. Uh, there's no signs of anything going wrong. So of exactly. course when you go to these ultrasounds, it's just like, there's so much buildup. Of like what's happening are they gonna like deliver the bad news yeah yeah but and i got so oh. good at reading ultrasounds i don't know if you're if you're the same but as soon as i would look at an ultrasound you know on the screen when they have it on your belly you're like okay i see the heart and that comforts you right but um that's how i was able to tell that i was having twins as soon as they put it on my stomach I saw two sacks with two little like gummy bears inside yeah. and I was like, Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. That's awesome. Yeah. It's crazy. But yes, I remember that feeling of also seeing them yeah. and seeing two because mine are identical. So they're actually sharing uh, like a placenta. Right. And in the one, like they don't have the separate sacks like uh die die twins or fraternal. So yeah, I was like, oh my God. And I actually really wanted twins. So it was just kind of crazy how it, it worked out. That's amazing. Uh, mine were die-die twins. So that was, uh, I guess, a little bit less, you know, with, with mono die, as you know, you have to go through more testing and more ultrasounds to make sure that one's not taking the nutrients from the yeah. other. Yeah. The twin-to-twin transfusion syndrome. Yeah. I've gone down the Google rabbit holes. <laughs> <laughs> I've been pretty good lately not doing that because at the beginning it was just so overwhelming. Things are going good, so. I'm glad. And does your husband kind of try to, I guess, stop you from doing that kind of stuff? Like, not in a misogynistic way, but being like, let's not worry until there's something to worry about. I know my husband was like that. I have this, like, one thing that my fertility doctor said to me where it's like, there's no reason for this to not be successful. Right. But whenever I do go down these kind of rabbit holes, he does like remind me of that. And I, it kind of like brings me back down, which is nice. Yeah. But yeah, with the mono dye, I'm getting ultrasounds every two weeks, which I've noticed like my anxiety levels are going down with each one. Yeah. Because I'm going so frequently. But yeah, those first few ones were definitely um, very stressful and. There, there's this one place in Vancouver where you go to get ultrasound. So I, I did my first few at the fertility clinic I was at because I actually ended up going to fertility clinic after my miscarriages. And they like, you know, did a full, the sonohistogram and all the full blood panel work, all that stuff. I took letrosol, which is like, it helps your brain kind of tell you to ovulate because we were trying for, I think it was six or seven months with no success. And because it, it was so consuming for me with the like tracking and, you know, peeing on ovulation sticks for like a week in a row yeah. and then starting to pee on the pregnancy test like a week after ovulation, even though, you know, it's too early, but Hey, yeah. maybe there might be a faint line. It was just like this vicious cycle and it's really mm-hmm. taking a toll. So 
I was like, what can we do to speed this up? So we did the Letrosol and uh, that actually worked on the first try, which was awesome. So yeah, we did our first few ultrasounds at the, the clinic, the fertility clinic, and you can see the screen right, right away when he uh, like starts the scan. But now that I've graduated there, I'm, I haven't gone to the maternal fetus doctor yet. I'm okay. going uh, in a week and a half because they want you to be, I think, 18 weeks along before you go see them at BC Women's Hospital. So okay. I've been going to this like regular ultrasound place and they're just awful. <laughs> Like, they don't show you the screen, and they just sit there in silence, just like, why can't you show me the screen? So now I just, whenever I go in there, I'm like, straight up, I'm like, hey, I've had a couple missed miscarriages, just please tell me you see heartbeats as soon as, like, you put the scan on. And are they pretty good about that once you disclose that? Yeah. So they'll, they'll check it, but it's just like, why can't you, like, let me see the screen as you're doing your scan because I'm in there for like almost an hour because they're like doing a full check with the twins and making sure there's you know the two amniotic sacs because it was questioned if we were having mono mono twins or mono die and even though it was established early on that they did see the the sacs they still wanted like extra confirmation so sitting there for 45 minutes just (laughs) not knowing what's happening was like not the best, but yeah, they tell me that there's heartbeats. So that's good. That's good. I remember doing that too. Like the first one after I lost where you're just like holding your breath for like a half an hour until they're finally like, okay, now here's this. And I, and I remember being like, is there a heartbeat? And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, okay. Like now, oh I like, could you maybe tell me that first thing? That'd be great. <laughs> I know they don't have like the best pe- people skills I find. No. no. And then like even my first two pregnancies, I'm sitting in the waiting room seeing all these other women come out with their like folders of like their ultrasound pictures. And then when we like had ours, they just like booted us out, no pictures or like evidence that this even existed. I had to email them after being like, hi, like, can you send me a picture, please? Like, I want, I don't know, like a little memory of what this could have been. So yeah, maybe empathy or like urgency around heartbeats being present or not should be uh trained a little more there but so you said that you it took a few months for you to get pregnant uh the third time yeah so we I found out I was pregnant in October and we had started trying I believe in April or May I had my DNC in March of this of 2020 and then you know had to wait a bit and then started trying and then yeah got pregnant again so then what was that um what was that first ultrasound like or did you did you have a feeling that it was twins before like did you have different symptoms or anything like that yes so the first pregnancy that they thought was maybe conjoined twins I noticed my symptoms were really strong like my boobs really really hurt like I couldn't even stand up without holding them and I have like a size b cup so I don't I don't have big boobs but they were hurting (laughs) just like really tired and fatigued. And then the second pregnancy, I noticed like those symptoms weren't as strong. Mm-hmm. And then sure enough, the third one, I had those like strong symptoms again. And then because I was with the fertility clinic, um, the first two pregnancies I had with the midwives and they don't go get blood to check the HCG levels. Right. Like if you test positive, then that's like on a pee stick, that's good enough for them. And then you go to your eight week ultrasound. Right. But at the fertility clinic, I was going, I think, every three days for maybe three or four visits at um, the blood clinic to make sure they were rising, which gave me the reassurance that like things were progressing because the numbers like were more than doubling every two days, which I, I thought because I, I was like refreshing the Life Labs. I don't know if you guys have that blood clinic in Alberta, but it's where you go get your blood drawn here. It sounds like my company name, Life Laps. Yeah, I, know. <laughs> I was like, oh, that sounds really similar. <laughs> uh, but it's Life Labs. Um, oh. I always have to differentiate that when I'm doing like pitches and stuff. But yeah, you can see your results online. So I was like refreshing that. And I saw, I, I'm sure as you know, with twins, like the, the number doesn't really matter. It's like how much it multiplies. Right. Yeah. And if, yeah. You know, if it's more than doubling in two days and that that's kind of your sign that um, it could be multiples. Right. Obviously, you can't confirm anything until the ultrasound, but 
yeah, I saw my numbers were like getting really high and multiplying quicker than two days. So I'm like, oh my God, it's twins. And I like, <laughs> I have a vision board in my office of like all these things I want to accomplish. And I have identical twin girls on the, on the vision board. <laughs> so yeah, I was just like ecstatic when I saw the two little embryos in the one sack at the ultrasound. And you went to the ultrasound yeah. alone right, because of COVID? Yeah, so my my husband came and he waited outside the clinic because I'm like I I'm not gonna be able to drive home if if this is like another yeah, repeat yeah. of what happened with our history. So yeah, he waited outside. I remember sitting like in the ultrasound room at the fertility clinic. The doctor took like 45 minutes to come in, and I just remember like sweating and like almost shaking and just so nervous. And then. Yeah, he did the scan. He's like, oh, like, oh, do you see that? There's two. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> and, then, and then, of course, I'm like, are there heartbeats? He's like, yeah, everything looks great. So it's like the first time actually seeing the heartbeats, was, which was just amazing. And then, of course, you're like, hey, well, I still can't get my hopes up because it's still early. But it was still like a huge milestone that I wanted to celebrate. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. And with any of the pregnancies... Did you sort of have pushback from people in your life of maybe not wanting you to talk about it because it was too early or saying like, oh, it's kind of early to be telling us? Um, no, no one, no one was like that. Thank goodness. Because I am like a very strong willed, strong minded woman. <laughs> and uh, I think they know that feedback would not be received well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, my family's just like so loving and kind and they always support me in my crazy endeavors so was it mostly feedback online like that one comment on tiktok that said why would you tell people before 12 weeks it's not safe yeah there were just a few people who said that on the tiktok like even on my instagram like i don't think anyone was like why are you sharing this early like whether they thought that themselves privately like i'm sure some people thought that yeah but i'm like hey i'm pregnant this is another big milestone for us it's still early so yeah like obviously things can go wrong but with my previous pregnancies i I never shared when I got pregnant. I always just shared that I had experienced a loss. Right. And I just like felt like I was just always sharing the bad and not like the fun milestones when I do, you know, take the pregnancy test. I find that that whole 12 week thing is, is a, is a very kind of old fashioned way to look at things like, and it, it does kind of go hand in hand with the, you know, tabooness of miscarriage and stuff like that. Like, we don't really want to hear about it. We don't want to know about it. Like that's your private business, right? Like that's kind of what we need to get rid of. And it seems like it's, it's getting better. I think a lot of people who struggle with infertility or losses are sharing to be like, listen, this is, this is what happens. And this is real. I need my support system, whether it goes well or it doesn't go well, you know, and, and that's so important. And it's not for anyone else to judge, right? Like if you want to keep it to yourself, keep it to yourself. But if you want to share, you share when you feel like sharing. And it doesn't mean that you're naive or oblivious to the fact that something bad could happen, right? You just want to have your people around you if something does go wrong. Totally. I mean, yeah, that's the exact reason why I did share. Well, and because I was excited, but it's like, I couldn't imagine going through that and not telling anyone. Yeah. So it's like, I'd rather just share the news that I'm pregnant. And then if things go wrong, then they know that I was pregnant versus delivering all this news at once. Actually, you know what, on that note with my second pregnancy, I actually didn't tell my mom. I told my close friends in Vancouver because I, I see them and I yeah. I like to partake in a few beverages on the weekends. So <laughs> it's very obvious if I'm not having a beer. I, I didn't tell my mom right away the first one because I wanted to like FaceTime her. She lives back in Ontario at my eight week ultrasound being like, you're like, I'm pregnant. There's a heartbeat and just like deliver all this good news. And then, of course, like, I just FaceTimed her bawling, being like, I was pregnant, it's no heartbeat again, and that actually happened that, because, yeah, yeah. my third one, I don't think, I think maybe one or two people knew, and my parents were actually in Ontario visiting, and um, my husband had to call my mom and be like, you need to come back, like, Michelle's in the hospital, like, oh my god. And I'm like, that's not a, like, that's not a fun phone call to hear. Like, you know, it, you know, maybe so it was like, she found out I was pregnant and that I lost the baby all in the same, in the same go. So 
Yeah. Hard. It's a lot. And then they can, like, you know, check in on you, see how your, like, symptoms are going. Yeah. All the standard stuff. And especially if you have friends who have been through it as well, you know, for them to know in the beginning, it's, it's a comforting feeling that they can kind of help you deal with your anxieties and your fears. Yeah, that was, like, so helpful to have those friends who had gone through it, just even, like, with the whole process of how they deal with it in BC and going there and what's going to happen and like what's the you know actually miscarrying of it like yes so how far along are you now so I am just shy of 18 weeks right now yeah I went for a scan this week and they're uh they're measuring a head then a singleton baby oh wow they're big which is great for twins because normally they're you know quite small and yeah, I had chunky twins. Mine were each six pounds, five ounces. Oh, wow. How far did you make it? 38 weeks. They did a C-section at 38 because they were Oh, both- wow. Yeah, I think dye dye, you can go a bit further than the mono dye. Yeah. So I how far were you? I 36 weeks. Okay. And so I was hoping to have a natural delivery, but they were both breech. So I had to have a C-section, which I was not happy with. But Oh, my God. <laughs> But they were there and they were healthy. So do you have an option for your delivery? So I was told that most likely like I have to do C-section. But then when I met my OB, who's awesome, and she like specializes in multiples, she was like, you know, you can try vaginal if they're positioned properly. But to be honest, the thoughts of labor really scares the hell out of me. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm like, you know what? I want a scheduled C-section and I have zero shame in admitting that. Absolutely. I don't care if I get pushback from people. This is no, my choice. Cool. And just from what I've been reading, like with the mono dye, even if you do deliver one um, naturally, like the chances of having to do an emergency one, because the second like twin B is in distress, yeah, it's like quite common. So I'm like, I don't want to deal with chaos and yeah. trauma and like you know scares of possibly losing one of them or both of them so Absolutely. Yeah, yeah let's schedule this in let's have my hair all nice <laughs> <laughs> ready to go and ready for my pictures with my boys so that yeah they're I find out they're boys oh that's so exciting I yeah. think that's really important when you when you also talk about like your choice in your labor like when it comes to your mental health to know that you can choose to have a surgery and that you feel comfort in the fact that they can come safely and as planned and instead of the unknown of thinking like all the things that could potentially go wrong that's really important to your mental health when you're trying to like stay I guess calm in your pregnancy and your delivery right like there there is a lot of stigma around people who choose to birth one way or another but it's really it's your choice totally I give a trophy to anyone who does it naturally. Yeah. But yeah, I don't I I couldn't imagine. Yeah, and and trust me, uh C-section is not the easy way out. <laughs> it is Oh yeah. I know I'm scared for the recovery with yeah. having two babies, but Well, and but it sounds like you have a lot of support, so you'll do well and you know, you just have to listen to your body like after my C-section after the first week, I felt really good. And I almost was like, okay, I can do stuff. But then you kind of push it, right? So Mm. you're listening to your body and you're taking your medication and you're, you know, just sit on the couch and snuggle your new babies, right? There's nothing else. Can you tell me what that first week was like for you after like, because you had kids at home too. So yeah, I can't even imagine like what was on your plate then, but I I always say that the hardest part of having newborn twins was my two year old. She was the big, uh, yeah, a big factor in how difficult it was. So I think it does make a big difference if you don't have kids, you know, the recovery, I just remember being afraid to like, you know, sneeze and laugh and cough and all those things that you're (laughs) don't really think about when I saw a TikTok of this woman who like, when she went poo, like, <laughs> did you see that one? I think it was going viral there. Like her stitches opened up and her intestine came out. Yes, I oh. did see that. Oh my God, I hope that doesn't happen to me. That was a very good reminder as to why I don't want my own children. <laughs> I didn't see that, but if I can give you any advice, uh, take stool softeners as soon as you give birth and don't <laughs> skip 
<laughs> because the first bowel movement after you have a child will be almost as terrifying as the labor or the delivery. Oh my God. Okay. Yeah. Noted. Thank you. <laughs> all these little unexpected things like you don't think of of like yeah like your first bowel movement yeah nobody yeah. talks about that they talk about the labor and like how awesome it is to meet the baby yeah no I remember at one point I was sitting I was in the bathroom like praying to God to just like take me now because it oh was like for after the c-section and, and did the babies have any NICU time uh no no NICU time they were they were good my one my boy had sugar levels were a little bit low so they supplemented him a little bit with formula uh and he didn't he had a terrible latch so we kind of struggled with that a little bit but I was only in the hospital for I want to say three days oh wow that's quick yeah and I'm I I hate the hospital. So I'm always very eager to leave. Like I want to kind of just be in my house and yeah. Yeah. No, no NICU time and no issues. They're both kind of chunky babies. So that was nice. Well, my, my other kids were eight, 13, nine, 13 and eight, seven. So I, they were tiny compared to my other kids. Yeah. But chunky for twins. Yeah, absolutely. Which is great. Um, yeah, and I had my mother-in-law and my mom and my husband uh, with me during the day because my kids had to go to school. So they would do the school drop-off and the school pickup, and I would just kind of try to be with the twins and sleep as much as I could and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, well, you do you do feel better, I would say, after the first week. You start feeling back to normal, but you don't want to push it. You know, you just want to kind of feel good but not – go crazy and then after the first few weeks you're gonna feel you're gonna feel much better yeah how was like outside of the recovery if you don't mind me asking like any twin tips for me in terms of like just managing two newborns at once with like sleep and feeding and all that fun stuff so I would I would just say make sure you're getting them on the same schedule if you can make sure you have support literally if you feel like you need help ask for help like you have to ask for help because you can very easily get into a, a a position where you are incredibly overwhelmed and at a breaking point so just make sure that you're reaching out to your people that if, if yeah, they I feel like that's gonna be like pretty quick for me I yeah. get overwhelmed very easily but yeah I'm also not afraid to ask for help so yeah and I had a really hard time having people help me and having people in my space and feeling like I don't know. I just have a had a hard time with letting that go, but I really needed to let it go and, you know, let my mother-in-law load my dishwasher, even though I, you know, I felt like it was weird and, you know, that kind of stuff. So just let the people help you. Man, I don't even know if like we'll have that because like it's COVID, right? So it's going to be like, it's going to be, have to be really strategic on who can come. Absolutely. And you know, even if but people will want to help, right? So have them drop meals off at your door and have them, you know, even if they sent you like Uber Eats gift cards, so you can order food online and, and things like that to make it a little bit easier for you. Yeah. Does your husband work from home? Um, He doesn't, but he is actually taking full paternity leave because since I run my own business, I can't really just peace out for a full year. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I, just the way I structure my company, I don't have myself set up as like an employee, so I'm not paying into EI. Right, right. So I'll like take a month or two like fully off and let my team just kind of run with things. But after that, I'll be like checking in from home and then my husband will be home for like over a year, which is just awesome because we don't have any family in BC. So it's going to be, um, yeah, we need both of <laughs> All hands on deck between the two of us, I think, with the two babies. So cute. Oh, that's awesome. Twins are so cute. And my husband was always like, I, I just can't wait for them to, like, snuggle with each other. I'm like, I know. <laughs> There's lots of uh, photo opportunities, that's for oh sure. Oh, my God. I'm going to go photo crazy. Yeah. yeah. Gosh, well, Sarah, thank you so much for being on our podcast. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Yeah, we're um, so excited to see your little babies. And... I know, I'm excited to keep following you along on Instagram. Oh, too. I'll keep you guys posted as I do with everything in my life. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say thank you for bringing your app into Carling's life because she oh is God. obsessed with it. I am obsessed. <laughs> oh. 
You're welcome. <laughs> awesome. Well, enjoy your day and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Sounds good. Bye. 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 Thanks, Sarah. Michelle. Hey, Carling. <laughs> <laughs> that was our show. It was. It was fab. I can appreciate how people have canned outros. Yeah. Because I'm always like, what should we talk about? We just had a big intro. Yeah. This episode was brought to you by... <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. We don't have any sponsors yet. Wah, wah. Wah, wah. Um, Sarah is adorable, and yes. I cannot wait to virtually meet her little bibbies. Little bibbies. Little, little twin. twin ah. Yeah, I'm very excited. I'll oh, put her. Twin um, snuggling is just like the best thing ever. Yeah, I put her. I will put her uh, like handles all of her Instagram mm. stuff um, in our in our I don't know show notes. That's yeah. what they're called. They are. So this guys, if you <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't already, follow us on social media. Yeah. Instagram, we, Facebook. Yeah, we post teasers, we post throwbacks, we post behind the scenes. We ask questions. Yeah. And it's like the best way to interact with us. Totally. Yeah. Don't forget to check us out on Patreon. You get over did How I say, say that? that? Patreon. 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 Oh. You said it weird. Yeah. If you sign up for as little as five bucks, you get access to over 20 episodes. Yeah. And my insane story is coming up next. So. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Okay. I hope you guys have a great week and a great day. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. okay. Bye. bye. <laughs>